everyone, welcome to another episode of Tea Time with Tommy, the pro wrestling podcast with me, Brittany, your moderator, and Tommy and Norbs, your co-hosts. So in this special episode, we have one half of the Brothers Lockhart wrestling team, Eric Lockhart. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Ooh. Welcome, Eric. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first off, since this podcast is called Tea Time with Tommy, let's raise our glasses again and take a sip of tea. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, my thumbs up says I don't have a cup of tea right now. <laughs> Norbs has his Pepsi. Eric, Norbs has yeah. his Pepsi there with him. That's fair. Hey, I, I got to water, go. too. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, a jug of water. There we you got go. both. We got both. Cool. So first things first, Eric, what inspired you to become a prof- professional wrestler? Um, so growing up, my dad was a big wrestling fan, so it was on TV immediately um, in my upbringing. So I gravitated towards it immediately. Uh, you know, like like everyone's stories, the colorful characters and all that. Um, so I knew from, I don't even know what age, that that's what I wanted to do. And it never changed. Um, all through school, every year in our, I guess, guidance classes, we would have this little book where we'd draw a picture of what we want to be when we grow up, and then they would save it, and you would draw another picture the next year, and you did it for, like, um, I think through middle school, maybe, and then they gave it to you at graduation. Everyone's pictures in my class were all different kinds of things, football players, astronauts. Every year, from kindergarten to eighth grade, it was WWE wrestler, pro wrestler. It was all the same. So, yeah, it's been just, like so many people, a lifelong thing. Was it just, like, a bunch of pictures of you that you drew with, like, a six-pack of abs? Every year, (laughs) (laughs) it was just a. I take so long to do things. Like I'm a perfectionist. I always was when I was a kid as well. That like you would have a ring drawn in my my legs, and then I didn't even finish because they were like, okay, like guidance has been done for two periods. Like we need to need to move on to the next thing. So, so yeah, it was a lot of incomplete pictures, but there was always a (laughs) ring or some colorful gear. So. You were probably like a multi athlete because when I see you in the ring, Eric, you're like this high flying, amazing athletic runner. You must have played like five sports during high school, I'm thinking. <laughs> um, I did uh, really just or- organized anyway, um, wrestling and football. Um, I got this idea my sophomore year where I was just going to focus on wrestling. So, like, I stopped playing football. I only did freshman year of that. And all the way through high school, I would just train the whole school year for wrestling. I'd be up in the wrestling room um, by myself like during football season, um, during track season, and I would just be working on just technique. Um, Shooting against the wall because one of my coaches told me if you shoot against the wall, it'll teach you to keep your head up so someone can't drive your face into the mat. So I would just shoot my forehead, would keep hitting the wall, hitting the wall, because it would teach you to keep your head up because if you put it down, you're going to get all jammed. So, yeah, I did a ton of reps of that. Oh, amazing. Yeah, that's an amazing technique. Uh, what position did you play in, in football? I was mainly defense, so I'd play uh, strong safety. Oh, amazing. And, uh, nice. you know, this, it was just my job to, like, if guys got through the line, because there's only so much passing in high school football, you know, especially I was in Wisconsin, so it's, it's not like Texas football, per se. Um, so I was, it was just my job to ankle pick the guys if they got through the line and passed the linebackers, I was just the one running them down. Excellent. Nice, nice. High school legend. Uh, So going off the first question, (laughs) (laughs) 
sorry. No, it's Cherlo. You're, you're, you're Mr. Athlete. You're, you're Mr. Athlete. Uh, going to the second question, uh, Eric, is uh, who – so I think you already mentioned this, but, like, who – like, who were your favorite wrestlers growing up, and would you like to uh, wrestle against any of them in a dream match if you had the chance? Um, this isn't going to be a surprising or creative answer by any means, but I was obviously a Shawn Michaels guy. Nice. Um, Good uh, pick. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously not wrestle him anymore at this point because, we have, I mean, everyone knows he's hung it up. Um, but just to work with him would be great, and his producer role and his agenting role and his coach role. Like, it'd, it'd be great to work with him. Otherwise, my brother and I were always fans of the Hardy Boys. It'd be cool to, like, get them before they wrap it up. Um, and, yeah, like, uh, I'm, I mainly look at places I want to wrestle more so than people I want to wrestle. So it's always, like, uh, what's the next stage of competition. So, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. And then when you were training so you trained with wrestling legend greg gagne so tell us about that experience yeah so uh we briefly started in the uh the midwest pro wrestling academy i believe it was um there's something up in minneapolis that uh closed four months after we were there and then we started we met some guys that were uh, luchadors that had come to minnesota for regular work but then wanted to continue wrestling as well so we actually trained Lucha with Charlie Manson Jr. Um, he's a AAA um, wrestler. I, don't, I actually don't know if he's there anymore. I, like, I stopped following uh, what he was doing years ago now. Um, but after we did that, um, so, you know, regular American-style wrestling, Lucha Libre, and then my dad found someone that knew Greg Gagne, because I was still in high school when we were doing all of our training. So Greg watched a couple films of uh, my brothers and my matches, um, and then he agreed to come out and train us. Obviously, he um asked for compensation uh but like he he came and trained us the way that they were trained in his um dad's barn um so we learned the we learned like current day american style then lucha libre style then the old school american style um so we were well-rounded in our first like two years of training um and then after he was done with us he put us out on the road i'm sorry what was your question Brittany? was what was his training like was that what it was I was just like wondering how that overall experience was because you mentioned uh, you were still in high school when you were training under him, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'd actually graduated early. Um, I graduated after the first semester of my senior year because I was supposed to go up to Lance Storm's school. But then uh, we found Greg um, and we, my dad had actually bought a ring for us so we could all stay more central and didn't have to worry about going and working and finding somewhere to live moving up to Canada. We could just all stay in our hometown. So he put a ring in a, uh, like a pole shed where they kept boats and stuff as a storage shed, essentially. And then Greg would come and train us, and it was like tin walls, dirt floor. So it was just like how he learned when he learned in Burns' barn. Um, so his training wasn't a joke. He made you do five, th uh, not five, uh, 1,000 squats in a row. Oh, my gosh. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, so like his cardio was no joke. Um, he would teach us whatever he would be teaching us that week. He taught us a hip toss. If we didn't have a hip toss down by the next, because he came in every Wednesday. If we didn't have a hip toss down, stat, perfect, by the following Wednesday, then he was going to wash his hands of us. He's like, if, if you guys aren't learning, I'm not going to waste my time. So, um, wow. so we, we had that constant, like, we need to be on top of this. So, Well, it's a lot of discipline. And, um, yeah, I mean, the training regimen of the – but those legends has to be uh, very difficult and, and challenging at the same very time. Different. 
yeah, different yeah. than what they do now. Like, um, yeah, they, but I mean, they weeded out the people that wouldn't last in wrestling anyway. Um, they weed them out quick because if you if you don't really want this, you're not going to do a thousand squats for no reason, you know. Well, what's like the hardest thing that he ever made you done besides a thousand squats? <laughs> I mean, the, the squats sucked. Like the first time I did them, like a thousand straight through with no breaks, it still took me 28 minutes. Like um, it's like half an hour. You're just standing there squatting up and down. Um, so that's uh, it's a long time. Um, he had us doing, if you guys know, like a beal toss, which is basically a big hip toss out of the corner. He yeah. wanted us to be able to toss ourselves so we could get used to controlling our body in the air and landing without hurting ourselves. Wow. And white guys can't jump. I'm just going like, to say that. So like for me, like throwing myself out there like that and trying to get height on my own without like, obviously I'm a smaller guy. People can launch me and like, I'm going to turn in the air. But he was aware of that. As a smaller guy, people are going to throw me and I could easily get out of control. So he wanted me to know how to control my body no matter what height I was at. So that's why he just made you throw yourself. So you just step and jump off on one foot and go as high as you could and then dive and flip into the middle of the ring from the corner. So, I mean, you weren't on the ropes or anything. You were just stepping out of the corner, flip up. And he made me do that so many times because it's just, he wouldn't really, he couldn't show me necessarily what he was looking for, but he would know when it was right. So he would just keep making me do it. That's not right yet. That's not right yet. You need to have this by next week. That's not right yet. And he came in next week and he was like, it's a little better. So like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to leave. Um, but it needs to, it needs, still needs improvement. So that was the hardest obstacle to get over, I guess, in his training. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm guessing, Eric, that after you graduate from uh, Bregani's uh, school, it was a big celebration, right? <laughs> I'm guessing you guys must have been <laughs> celebrating very It was, it was, um, he immediately just put us on the road. He was like, so here's how you learn. He's like, I can teach you other bumps and everything, but if you're going to learn how to perform, I mean, he didn't use those words, um, but like, you need to go on the road and do it. So he hooked us up with a, um, a promotion that was running up there. They would run every weekend. They would run Friday, Saturday, and sometimes Sunday. And they would run with a really small crew. So you would wrestle two to three times a night. So I was wrestling six to nine times a week, uh, matches anyway. Um, across a three-day weekend um so yeah like we meet we got experience like i hit my 1000th match four years into wrestling which is a crazy amount of matches for you guys know that you've watched a lot of wrestling if you hear people talk about their match count it takes like if you wrestled one match um every day of the year you could do it in three you know years have a thousand matches um but to do a thousand matches in like three and a half, four years is just, it's crazy. Um, that's how much we were wrestling. So that's wow. crazy. Amazing. Wow. So uh, that was before I even got down to Houston with uh, Booker's reality of wrestling. So wow. and what, was, what was that like on your body? Just doing like basically three matches a night. Like how did you, I guess, like you. protect your body so you don't break yourself? you learn how to not kill yourself in every match. You, you pick your spots, you know, you, you pick your bumps and essentially. Um, now you can't just go out there and be like, well, I'm purposely not going to bump because if the audience doesn't notice the promoter would, because I went out there with my brother one time, like we're not take, it was, um, it was black Friday. So we just had Thanksgiving and then we were wrestling on black Friday. Um, 
And I told them we were opening the show. I'm like, we're not going to take any bumps because I got two more matches tonight. So we're just going to go out there and have a no bump match. When we got in the back, the promoter was so hot because we started the show um, with no bumps. So the audience is kind of sitting there like, you know, they're just watching like amateur wrestling. That's not what they came to see, you know? So like, um, we never did that again after that because he chewed us out pretty good. But, you know, you could still count your bumps. Um, you just wouldn't take as many. You were smart about what you would do. I got very big on, like, taking a tackle or something and turning. Um, I watch a lot of Kurt Henning. If you watch Kurt Henning selling, he will always take things. And he wouldn't even necessarily back bump that much. He'd always spin and take a face bump and take care of his body. So I just started incorporating that type of thing. I'd get hit and I'd spin or flip and land on my stomach so I could catch myself. So everything's not a backbone, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Thank you for sharing that with us, uh, Eric. Amazing story. Uh, big, next question is, you and Andrew formed the High Flying Brothers Lockhart team. <laughs> Reality Wrestling, tag team champions as well. It also appeared uh, on an episode of WWE 204, 205 Live. Like, how was that experience, uh, like, appearing for an episode for them? Um, you know, it was... Uh, it was one of the weird things we say like the pandemic was kind of like a blessing um, because they're stuck in Orlando and that's where we're at. And, you know, this is just a, a, a weird stamp in time where we can say, you know, years from now that we wrestle in the Thunderdome, that's not going to be a thing that's around forever. Obviously you, I mean, well, people like to hope anyway. Um, so like just to say, just to say that we did that and standing in there and checking it out. Like, I mean, obviously as a wrestler, you'd always rather be in front of, you know, tens of thousands of people, but you don't understand the capacity of that Thunderdome until you're inside it. It is so impressive. So crazy how they have it all laid out and how many TVs or screens there actually are. It's insane. So like, I mean, it was a really cool experience. All wow. two minutes of it or whatever the math was. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool. At least uh, you got uh, a taste of uh, WWE uh, at some point. And uh, yeah, in a very challenging time, like there's no live fans, but uh, there are, uh, I guess there are people like, uh, you know, uh, just uh, showing up on their screens and probably doing crazy things uh, while uh, sitting in their computers. (laughs) Well, hey, Eric, if it's any possible, the matches I've seen from you, you're going to be there soon. You're like the high flying amazing box office in my opinion wrestler to watch so i wouldn't doubt at all <laughs> yeah, very and, uh, charismatic yeah. yeah and jumping off of what tommy said do you have any future plans for like a future championship or even a tag team title with your brother um i mean we're always looking at the next level type stuff so we're knocking on everyone's doors um because you know in florida you're, you're in a pretty good area where everyone's kind of located um, now, granted, the state's very large, but we'll drive anywhere, you know. Um, so we we don't necessarily look at title accomplishments, really, because we're just kind of of the mindset where it's like, ah, we need to make money doing this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to get somewhere uh, where we're just doing, we're doing that full time. We're not worrying about doing the weekend warrior thing, you know. Um, now, granted, there's independent wrestlers that are easily wrestling more matches right now than WWE guys. I mean, they got like one taping a week now and it's a, it's a great schedule but i mean they're still getting they're still getting paid so we were actually we were asked to come back after 205 and then restrictions got tighter because um this covid went a little crazier there so then all that got put on hold 
So it's like um, as soon as a door kind of opens and the door kind of shuts again. I mean, we're super duper patient. We've been at this for a long time. Um, but at the same time, we don't want to just sit and rest on our laurels. We want to be actively pursuing wherever we can go. We uh, we try not to put all of our eggs in the WWE basket by any means, you know. Most definitely. Absolutely. All right. So, Eric, this is the fun part. So the viewers, uh, viewers watch, watching this know what's going to come up next. Trivia time. Oh, we always get our wrestlers for this fun trivia. Five questions. Uh, no pressure, but only, I think, 30, uh, 24 people got perfect out of the other celebrities in the history of tea time. Uh, I don't know if it's 24 or so. I think you'll be, I believe you'll be 25. So here we go. And don't worry. Um, just uh, give you a heads up. These are kind of, there's three that's kind of tough. You got Norbs here. Three lifelines. Norbs is really good at wrestling trivia, Eric. So if you need that lifeline, let me know. Norbs will come right in and help you out. So, all right. Are you ready, Mr. Eric Lockhart, for some wrestling trivia? Well, I'm ready. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Question number one. This is right off the top. This should be an easy one. What was Booker T's famous catchphrase? So many, but um, I believe you're talking about. Can you dig it, sucker? Boom! One <laughs> for one for Eric Locker. Let's go! Great, awesome job, Eric. I got behind the scenes Booker catchphrases for you guys. Oh, you can share that with us for sure. We'll bring it on next time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, not, right sure. now, but... not right now. Not right now. Not right now. exactly. We're in the middle of the trivia right now. Uh, question number two. What is Roman Reigns' favorite go-to wrestling moves? He's, he's got two of them. You can you can name one as well. But what is his go-to wrestling moves? Brother, brother. Oh yeah. Punch, baby. Boom! Two yeah. in for two. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Eric. What are you gonna say? No. I was gonna say the spear as well. But... That's it. That's the other one. So there you go. Two for two for Eric Locker on a roll. All right, so Eric, here we go. These three are pretty tough. But you got norms here, three lifelines, so if you need his help. Here we go, question number three. Which U.S. state is Braun Strowman from? Now, you got uh, norms here for the lifeline here, Eric, but yes, which U.S. state? Ooh, that's a good question. He's from, he's from Wisconsin. No, he's, he's not. He's a Wisconsin boy as well, I believe. Oh, is he? No, he's not from there. No? No, but I could. You could use that. You can go to Norbs. I won't make that right. wrong. You can. Uh, you can go to Norbs here, and maybe Norbs can save it right that's now. That's a. That's a tough one. Um, I'll give you. A, okay, I'll give you guys a hint. Uh, oh man, this is a big hint. You guys will probably get it. But uh, here we go. It's a big college basketball factory. The state. There's. When you think college basketball, there's two that come up. You guys can guess the right one. Other two. College basketball stated. Uh, I'm gonna take a guess. Uh, say North Carolina. Yes. No. Oh, wow. It is. I can't believe I got. Wow. Norbs. <laughs> Three for three. Better than I would have done. <laughs> I was thinking of Minnesota next. It's <laughs> uh, also big. I swore it was the Midwest. State. I don't know. I don't know who. Yeah, I, I could have sworn it was Minnesota, but uh, wow, it's North Carolina. I'll be honest with both of you. I looked it up on Wikipedia, so blame Wikipedia for this if you got it wrong. But you got it right. You don't even you know if that's right. right then. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, you're right though. Three for three. 
Eric Lockhart. Sort of go Eric. Here's another one. Here's question number four. Who did Charlotte Flair defeat to win her first women's championship? So this was after NXT. This was her first gig in the WWE. She became her first championship. Who was this wrestler? Once again, Eric, you got two life with Norbs. I got it, Nikki Bell. Boom! Four, four, four. So, ladies and gentlemen, nice Kevin, Eric Lockhart becomes the 25th perfect trivia winner. One more question to go. Question number five, here we go. Eric, who are the four original founding members of the Generation X? Who are the four original members? Okay, so you're talking the 97 circa DX? Yes. Okay, so uh, you got Hunter, Sean, China, and Ravishing, Rick Rude. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our 25th perfect Tea Time with Tommy Rest Podcast trivia winner. Give a big hand, guys. Nice job. Perfect. <laughs> perfect for Eric Lockhart. <laughs> Can we uh, can we fact check North Carolina? Yes, yes, fact check. Well, yeah. it says on Wikipedia here, Eric, that it, it's North Carolina. Braun Strowman. That is. A look we need the to money. recount yeah. the votes in North Carolina. Yes, we gotta count the votes. <laughs> they're, they're still but, counting at this point. <laughs> but, but 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 here's the thing, uh, Eric. You got it right though. Norbs came in, said North Carolina. Boom, five for five. Great job again, Eric. And yeah, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let the beautiful Brittany here say the, the conclude here. Cool. So anyways, thank you, Eric, for being on the show. So that's a wrap on Tea Time with Tommy, the pro wrestling podcast with our special guest, Eric Lockhart. Thank you so much. And let's just raise our glasses. And thank you, Eric. For Eric. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Take care, Thanks guys. Thanks so much.